Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the second ever episode of the Horrible Things podcast. We are we are going to talk about some horrible things. Yes. I had to get really pumped up at the beginning because there's no like really great way to be like, let's talk about death. You know, uh, let's talk about notorious serial killers let's to start off your morning. Talk about necrophilia. <laughs> So gra- 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 That's how I start every day talking about necrophilia. So listeners, grab your trophy wife's your donut and your cup of coffee because we're gonna start your morning off right with more Ted Bundy. Yes, um, we're going to be talking about in the second half some some escapes. We're gonna be talking about some Ted Bundy um, whoop de doo magic out of the prison. Should we like reintroduce ourselves? Yes, we should. Okay. My name is Emma Sexton. I am your host for this podcast, and with me today I have Caitlin and Chase. <laughs> Loves <I> vampires. <laughs> okay. Well, loved Team Edward loved. or Team Jacob? This Twilight. Um, yeah, <laughs> I didn't really watch the Twilight films, but I like how Edward sparkles in the sun. Um, quick, quick note for you listeners. Uh, this is a continuation of our last episode clearly yes. as it may say in the title and the last it one should if i do it right have a little two next to it <laughs> the last ted one bundy too. um we ted didn't really talk about back and better than ever we started the story of ted bundy didn't really finish it we just kind of stopped right before we got into like his life in jail and then how that kind of ended so yes. we're going to continue that here and then talk about our own opinions and feelings yes we realized that there was much more to talk about and we're also going to talk about the new um netflix movie Oh, please let me remember <laughs> Extremely wicked, shockingly evil, and vile. Ooh. Boom. That is... I've already complained so much about the title. Otherwise known as my ex-wife. Am I right, ladies? <laughs> that was so cringy, but it's funny because we're podcasting. <laughs> okay. I'm, like, sitting here with all these things, like, these papers in front of me. I'm like, okay, we have kind of a lot to go. But um, I, at least this part isn't as, like horrific there's that's like not even that's not even true there's still child murder and there's still some other stuff in this this part is more so the fascinating aspect of ted bundy's life rather than the gruesome not that he's not a monster during these parts but this is just kind of like factual like this like how he kind of kept going even though he got caught like what what you know well i really when i look back when i first heard about this story i could not believe that like someone on the fbi top 10 most wanted list like escaped from jail twice that I is i thought it was four times was no it four? twice okay once oh. in mm-hmm. colorado and then once twice in colorado twice in colorado cool <coughs> yeah and what a cool if guy. you ever read Anne <laughs> rule's book which you totally should uh the stranger beside me the whole like opening of it is basically like talking about him after he escaped the second time it's super interesting I know this has been a week in podcast time, maybe, but it's only been <laughs> two hours uh, yeah. in real time. Oh, yeah. Just because we're, no, dying. We're, we're filming this all the same day. You can find a clear mood change between this episode <laughs> and the last one. And we went to dinner, and Caitlin was just, like, looking around. She's like, somebody in here is a murderer. <laughs> <laughs> As I, like, stuffed a French tip into my a mouth, French and I was like, tip. and we're, yeah, it's good. French dip. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh gosh! Should we get into it? 
So now we're going to talk about Ted Bundy's escapes. If you haven't listened to the first part of this podcast, you should definitely That's listen to That's the important it. one. Yeah, to hear more about the victims. And this there's still the- victims in this, but this is the more... This is the, towards the end, I'd yeah, say. Yeah, and we're going to kind of go through this more quickly than the other half just because we want to give the victims their, their respect and kind of take more time for that. And we will take time for the victims in this part, but going through it a little quicker. So in 1977, Ted Bundy is... Where is this continuing off of? So Colorado. We're in Colorado. We just talked about how he um, is going to be on trial for Karen Campbell's murder after he was convicted for kidnapping and assault of um carol durange we're gonna talk about the escapes real quick not real quick but um so ted bundy is transported to garfield county jail for a preliminary hearing for the death of karen campbell he's kind of the worst and he's like i'm gonna be my own attorney uh yeah and in the movie, he actually, like, the, his attorney, like, cut, curses him out. Yeah, that part is so funny. Yeah, he was like, I feel like that's what you. I would do, too. Okay. Well, I mean, Guys, is he, is he, was he in it for the money or something? No, he didn't get any money. He was just doing that because he was a law student, and he's like, I'm the best, and I can represent myself the best in court, even though yeah. I wasn't even that good at law school. Yeah, Caitlin's kind of dying right yeah, now. Yeah, Caitlin... Caitlin had to pull out the inhaler, and I'm a little concerned. No, I thought I thought you accidentally had a whiff of the Chick-fil-A fries and was having an allergic reaction. And you just kept I going, li- so I, Ted Bundy. So, uh, Caitlin's on the floor with an EpiPen. Caitlin's that she- deathly allergic to peanuts. So, so we're just please, don't tell what serial killers so pl- are listening to us. Please send us peanuts. <laughs> Listen. Death by peanut serial killer. So if you guys hear, like, occasional coughing throughout the podcast, that's me. <laughs> just like that. Oh, my Is it, God. Are you okay? I think I'm fine. Okay. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. Escapes. Escapes. Yes. So he's elected to serve as his own attorney. So what this means is that while he's um, at the Pitkin County Courthouse, he's in Aspen, Colorado, he doesn't have to wear handcuffs or like anything. So basically he decides that, oh, well, while I'm allowed to be in the law library searching for my own case, this is the best time to escape. He practices on his bed, Mm -hmm. jumping out uh, off the bed to like brace for the impact. And then basically while he's in the law library, when no one's looking, he jumps out of the window in the courthouse and then runs through Aspen. This this is a scene that they fictionalized a little bit in the movie, but I really found it interesting how they... I liked how they decided to keep that part in of him practicing the jump. Yeah, that was definitely important. It is... um, In his jail cell. Yeah. It kind of... uh, Carrie, it it showed, like, his determination, like, kind of the way he escaped pretty well, I thought. Even the fictionalized, like, the actual, like, time he did escape. Yeah, for sure. And he was able to stay in the forest for six days without being captured. And there's this crazy story about one time how they had a search party out to go get him. And one of the people from the search party ran into him and he talked himself out of it. Literally out of them He's catching him. Did they not Insane. have a photo? I guess not. What if Phones like, weren't a thing. So. I like to imagine it like... They were like, hey, you look exactly like the guy we're searching for right now. And Ted Bundy was like, no, I'm not. Look I'm at me. Not. See look this me. broken angle? I'm, I'm, How could I have ju- possibly jumped out of a window with I'm, this broken angle? I'm medium. <laughs> I'm a white male. And the guy was like, you're right. I'm sorry. Like, yeah. c- carry on, good sir. I was thinking he just charmed his way out. He did charm his way out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he I was did. wrong? What? <laughs> no, you weren't wrong. That was actually correct. Actually, there's a video of Ted Bundy saying... Excuse me, sir. I'm a mountain man. Please let me go. <laughs> I'm a mountain man. <laughs> I'm a mountain man. <laughs> I 
can you imagine? Oh my god. Ted Bundy, Prissy Law School, Ted Bundy. Ex- I'm a mountain man. He no, well, he only did survive in the forest basically for six days, and then he came back. He had broken into some trailers and campgrounds and gotten some supplies, but he couldn't survive for that long. So he basically goes back to the courthouse. People are pissed, and a lot of people think that if he would have actually not tried to escape, he actually could have been acquitted for the murder charge because they didn't have much evidence. What does acquitted mean? It like means that free. he doesn't. Yeah, he doesn't have to like serve any time. Basically, really, not guilty, and. They didn't have that much evidence, so they think if he didn't try to escape, then he literally wouldn't have gotten. But like, the man in trouble. has no control. Yeah, he's kind of crazy. He's wild. So basically, they're like, okay, well, now obviously we're not gonna, <laughs> we're not gonna give you more time or possibility of um, getting out. Um, another really quick side note because we're kind of lacing the movie in comparison to the real story throughout this. What I thought kind of weird was like they spent a lot basically the whole movie revolved around his time in jail yeah that's true which is weird because the main thing about ted bundy was his time outside of jail Mm. or like his escapes were important but like they talk they spend a lot of time in the actual trial and his like life in jail and stuff with only flashbacks to the actual things that were happening yeah and i thought that was really weird like wouldn't you want to actually spend more time like of what he was doing why he was in jail yeah and another thing i realized because once emma started going over the background it's like they didn't show that he was in a different state than um than Liz, and that was yeah. like a huge factor. He, she, he's in a different. I mean, state they talked her. about the Florida thing, but if you're not really like familiar with the case, I could definitely see how it's easier to be like, oh, well, what the heck? Yeah, because he was literally in Colorado and Utah for however long, and did they cover that in the movie? No, they didn't cover that like at all in the movie. Really. Yeah, the movie's basically about a man in jail who wants to get who's in love with the girl rather than a serial killer yeah, yeah and the fact that the whole they literally leave out everything except him in jail i agree with what we we're kind of saying last episode which is like it's so much easier to just be like oh well obviously he's like not that guilty because you didn't see any of the crimes mm-hmm. the second time he escapes from jail he uh is in jail he gets a floor plan of the jail and a hacksaw blade and then he gets some cash and some other supplies that people like Carolyn Boone, our favorite person, sneaks in. Right. But like honestly, I I can appreciate her dedication. I just think that she had the realization of his guilt far too late. It was like being a yeah. fan girl. Like she was yeah, in love. Yeah, that's so true. Except And it's it hard was... to believe like bad things about someone you love. But the thing mm-hmm. like but when you really yeah, think about it, how, it's like because Liz was speculating the whole time, even though she, she knew all the allegations, she was still like, "I love him." And the boy, or I don't know who that guy was, who was over at her house comforting the husband. her. That was the husband. She gets married to him eventually. Okay, well, the before they were married, he he was trying to psych her out of it the whole time, but she was just trapped in a state of not wanting to let Ted go. Well, yeah. that was the whole thing about like it goes to show how charming he was, but at the same time, it's like. Um, like you can't even blame them you know it's like he's just so charming it's yeah, hard yeah. To, that's so true but it's frustrating once you're on the other side of it you know we haven't met ted bundy we don't have a relation to him we just know the bad things he's done mm-hmm. yeah so like we can be over here and just be like can't believe they believe that but it's like yeah that's that's definitely true and um after uh, carol and boone and all the people were sneaking things into him basically he realized that he could cut a hole in the ceiling and go through the ceiling and escape so basically, while other um, prisoners were showering, he cut a hole in the um, ceiling and he lost a ton of weight, like 35 pounds. 
and he wriggled his way up. Wriggled, oh wriggled. <laughs> so he, he, so pretty much, he was losing weight, so he didn't have to yeah. cut as big of a hole. Well, and so he could fit basically. Yeah. Cause so he, it was like an air duct or a vent. It no, it was like yeah, it was like a vent. And then he just made it a little bigger. In the movie, it was a like light, so I'm not sure, but it was a um, squeeze through a light. It was a crawl space. That's de- that's de- that's de- <laughs> okay. more pain. So you, you, I'm just gonna <laughs> install a crawl space in a prison. You know Why? what? No crawl space is. Wikipedia told me it's a crawl space. Okay. <laughs> we can, we can, hey, you listeners at home, you tell us: was it a crawl space? Was Let it, us know. Was crawl it a space? light bulb? A, a light bulb. <laughs> crawl through a light bulb, a crawl space, or air duct? Just tell us. It was one of the above. Five. All right, so. so anyway, he. Uh, <laughs> Okay, so he wriggles his way into the crawl space, okay? Uh, he gets into that crawl space, and then basically he goes um, and gets into right above the jailer's apartment, and then he drops down into the apartment and just happens to be chance that the jailer and his wife were out that night. So he drops in there and then is able to basically escape out of the prison. And he put on the jailer's clothes, too, because yeah, the yeah. closet was in there. So he wow, didn't, like, yeah, it, like in the movie they had, like, where he had an extra pair of clothes packed or whatever, but that wasn't true. He just stole clothes. Mm-hmm. And then he stole a car. Kind of, like, yeah, much more of a Ted Bundy thing. Yeah, for sure. Well, it's, it's not like it's <clears throat> hard to get an extra pair of clothes in jail. They're like, hmm, why do you need that? He's like, my turtlenecks are very important. <laughs> I like having layers. I like having one layer that looks like trial clothes and one underneath that looks like escapee clothes. Yeah, he yeah. wore some bougie-ass stuff to the no, court. Yeah, his his bow tie, that, that bow powder tie. blue suit. Are you telling me he couldn't charm girls with, like, if he didn't dress cool? Yeah, I I'm think not going to lie. Just... During that entire scene of him with the powder blue suit, uh, suit and the bow tie, he just looks like Link from Harrisburg. I was thinking some great <laughs> Link and he also wears. I'm pulling up a picture. He Chase also wears powder up. a blue suit. Hey, listeners at home. home, Google Link from Hairspray. I'll put this on the Instagram. Follow it at Horrible Things Podcast, right. and I will put it on. And the, just be, look at Link Larkin stuff. straight up wearing Ted <laughs> 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 Bundy. Wait, oh. do the timelines match up? <laughs> Link Larkin is Ted Bundy. <laughs> Hashtag Link is Ted. Oh my god! Look, it's literally the same person, like th- in terms of like clothing. <clears throat> um. <laughs> okay, scary. Zac Efron. <laughs> are these universes combined? Uh, Hairspray and the extremely evil take place in the same universe. Extremely wicked. <laughs> extremely wicked. <laughs> it's so hard to remember. Okay. Anyway. Okay. So he steals a car. Uh. He goes onto the freeway and he starts driving out of Colorado. Uh, he his car breaks down and he gets a ride. He basically becomes a hitchhiker. All right. He catches a bus to the airport that goes to Chicago, and they didn't realize that he was actually gone until 17 hours later, which is kind of crazy to me because I feel like he's on the FBI's like top 10 most wanted list. Well, he will be at least. So it's like maybe keep a better eye on the man. <laughs> maybe they're just all at the movies, like at the jailer. They all the, the jailer is out at the movies. Yeah, like, that means you can leave. Like, <laughs> if our boss is gone, we can go. Yeah, okay. he's like, hmm, honey, were these clothes? <laughs> Did you see where my turtleneck went? And then she's like, I don't know, but do you want to go see another movie? <laughs> <laughs> Let's go see 17 hours worth of <laughs> movies. <laughs> exactly 17. And then check Ted You know Bundy's what? Let's invite all the workers here at the prison. Check Ted Bundy's cage. <laughs> I don't know why. But anyway, okay, so by the time they actually check 
to see and see that his um cell is empty he's already in chicago like he's gone they don't find him so um this is 1977 right so then um he goes to Michigan, and this is, again, where Ann Rule's book kind of starts. And uh, he, he goes and watches a football game with uh, UW. Like you do. Like you do, after you've murdered many, many people. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so then later he steals <clears throat> a car, he drives to Atlanta, um, and then he gets on a bus and gets to... what? Which is my voice. He gets on a bus and gets to Tallahassee, and he takes on, on a fake name, finally, after having... Uh, use the exact same name forever. Just Alleged calling himself Ted. Ted, Ted God, Roseland. He's... Ted. Sailboat Ted. Ted. Sailboat Ted. <laughs> hey, Sail... I think you guys seen a sailboat Ted. Yeah. Right, Anybody seen sailboat Ted? He's got a sling on. Sling Ted is what we like to call him. <laughs> <laughs> sailboat slinging Ted. <laughs> Book holding. Just uh, like disabled. Clutch. Uh, <laughs> clutch walking. Medium looking Ted. <laughs> I think I've seen medium Ted. <laughs> Sorry, I only saw large Ted. <laughs> oh, damn. Okay, so... He gets to um, Tallahassee, Florida, and uh, he rents a room near Florida State University. Like we were talking about, uh, I almost said yesterday, on the last episode, he likes to be near campuses. He likes campus life. Yeah. And um, it's really interesting in Ariel's book, they talk about he literally had no money and no job, and he was so charming that he got his landlord. He was like, let me live here for a month, and then next month, I'll pay you two months worth of rent. But just let me live here for free, basically. And so he did. And that's how he got his place near Florida State University. Mm-hmm. And at this point, like, this far into his killing spree, someone would have been like, yeah, I don't think I can do you any more favors. Like, just they would know him by then. You I know? Thought, yeah, I thought you were going to say like, like, somebody would have recognized him. Well, I mean, I guess it was back then when it was, what, newspapers And it was in Colorado. Only? And there wasn't really, police departments didn't really, like, work together that much across state lines, you mm-hmm. know? Like, they didn't work together in their own states, much less across lines. Okay. And this is four states. And he's not on the FBI top 10 most wanted list yet. He will be, though, because of this escape. Okay. So basically, he's like, I'm going on the straight and narrow. January 8th, he's committed to stay out of criminal activity. Is this written down somewhere? How do we know? No. no. Well, no, it's, no. Did he say this in, like, it's just court? he said, like, he wasn't planning on committing any more crimes. Okay. Okay. Well, basically. we can't necessarily trust Ted Bundy. Uh, except mm. for, obviously, shoplifting, because he ha- didn't have any money and <laughs> didn't have a job. Okay. So, January 8th, he's on the street now. January 15th. <laughs> he, uh, it's one week after he's arrived, he enters the Florida State University <clears throat> Chi Omega sorority house. And this is basically the beginning of the end for Ted Bundy. Wait, because hold on. So we kind of have an idea of what happens here. Yeah. If he s- claims that, like, he wasn't going to do any... He, that was, like, the end for him. Like, he wouldn't do anything more... Like, no more killings. Then, like, what triggered this? Just... He couldn't not do more killings. Oh, so he, like, point. just told himself, He, like, he oh, just done. was like, I'm not going to do it anymore. And then he was like, I'm going to do it more. So he enters the Chi Omega um, sorority house... And he gets in at 2.45, and then he beats Margaret Bowman, who's 21 years old, to death with an oak log that he found outside of the Chi Omega house when she slept. And then he basically strangled her further with a nylon stocking. 
And then after killing Margaret Bowman, he goes into the room of 20-year-old Lisa Levy and he beats her unconscious with the same oak stick. And then he um, bites deeply into her left buttock. He um, tears off one of her nipples and he uses a bottle of hair mist, puts it so far into her that it um, damages her her internal organs, which is awful. And one of the only good parts of the movie i think is the part where they actually go through those details when sheldon talks about that because that's the only time where you're like oh my gosh like that is so incredibly horrible that's the like only real sense of his evil we get from that movie Mm -hmm. and it it was only like a two minute part of the movie because he went over four slides but they cut around it I, extremely quickly. yeah and was, i think it's supposed to be like the big reveal like he was really bad this whole time but, but it, the thing's but, like it's still not enough like it still doesn't give us a great idea of how bad ted bundy was yeah you gotta remember he was a real person like he did things if we're gonna really have this like movie twist about how bad he actually was make it bad i thought they were gonna yeah. cut back to I thought they were gonna show him killing people like later on, like yeah. cut back, and mm-hmm. they never. Well, did. honestly, even in the <clears throat> Ted Bundy tapes, I thought that the part where it really hit me, like, oh my god, and it made me like want to cry, was looking at the pictures of the bite marks on her because it just like the thought of someone being so, like, it's a deep bite mark. Mm-hmm. He bit into her flesh like He's... an animal. It's like it's so disturbing. Just that little detail, and even. The fact of like what he did to her with the hair mist bottle. It's like so violent and twisted. Just, like it's awful. It's really and that honestly to me is just like how can you make this man who like did these horrible things to this girl who had her these girls who had their entire lives ahead of them and make him romantic, you know? Oh, then we can like finish up the real life story and then we can start talking about like how the movie yeah. kind of Yeah. And so, um, after this, he goes into the bedroom of Kathy Kleiner. He um, breaks her jaw, and then he goes into the room of Karen Chandler, who had a concussion, a broken jaw, loss of teeth, and a crushed finger because of him. So they survived the attack, but um, he was obviously charged for attempted <clears throat> murder. Did he um, sexually like abuse the girl who he, the first girl he broke the jaw? uh the no not not that i've seen so he just went in there like beat her up and then left basically he because he had already killed two women by yeah. that time yeah is this the same night this, this is, is all the, the same they're night. all they're all roommates so he's just going like from room to room oh, this is all <clears throat> in one night he's killed two women and attempted to kill two others by beating them to death basically at this point and then he um the attacks actually took place in a span of they think 15 to 30 minutes that he's so insane that he's killed and almost killed four women in the space of like they're not just killed like basically he did twisted things to yeah and honestly the thing is even if he didn't kill them like they're gonna have the lasting impacts of what he's done to their health for the rest of their lives ruin their lives yeah basically it's like on i survived it's like it's so incredibly difficult to move on from that and even if you do move on from that and get in a healthier mindset it's like you still have the physical effects to deal with for the rest of your life Mm -hmm. you know and so after that he um leaves the sorority house um and then he breaks into an apartment that same night like eight blocks away he attacks um fsu student cheryl thomas he fractures her jaw and her skull in five different places he dislocates her shoulder he did um get 
off to the pain that he was putting her through because they found semen and a pantyhose mask containing two hairs like bunnies on her bed and um the she was a dancer and she was left with permanent damage equilibrium damage that and equilibrium damage that ended her dance career basically because of this which is just awful on february 8th he drove to jacksonville and he approached a 14-year-old girl, Leslie Parmenter, I hope I'm saying that right, and he tried to get her to go with him, basically, but then her older brother showed up and we said, uh, get away from her, mm-hmm. and so he went away. He went to Lake City Junior High School, and um, as Kimberly Leach was going across campus, um, she never made it all the way across, so they found Kimberly Leach's um, remains 35 miles away from her middle school. She was 12 years old. Oh, fuck. So on February 12th, he basically couldn't pay his rent he, that he said he was going to pay. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he flees. He uh, leaves Tallahassee. He's stopped by a police officer in near the Alabama state line who checks his Volks- Volkswagen Beetle. Bundy freaks out. He starts attacking the police officer. And... Um, they find like fsu ids and a television set and like stolen credit cards in his car Mm -hmm. and so he's basically trying to attack this police officer and then when he arrests him bundy says uh quote i wish you had killed me and i wrote in my um notes asshole because i feel like just death by cop like he was just trying to get out of it really quickly because he knew that he wasn't going to be able to escape a third time yeah and i it makes me like brings me the slightest bit of joy that he didn't get off as easy as he wanted to yeah Yeah. he goes on trial in florida um for two um two counts of murder uh for the chi omega murders and three counts of attempted murder and he is uh guilty as charged all of those he gets sentenced to death and this um, is a a big part of the actual film it's a huge this is most of the film i'm assuming that you've seen it already so i'll just kind of go by but yeah so basically what happens (laughs) is he's guilty as charged um by a jury of his peers he is sentenced to death by the electric chair um, in 1978, I believe, or 1979. 1979, sorry. Then the jury only deliberated on his case for seven hours, which is super quick, super, super quick. So, Especially, like, for the death penalty, you know? Yeah, and um, then he went, went on trial again in Orlando six months later for the murder of kimberly leach and again the jury reached the conclusion that he was guilty as charged after eight hours of deliberation it's insane to think how much he got away with yeah because there was actually forensic evidence for kimberly leach's death and it's uh so he was he was guilty as charged during this whole time he did crazy things he asked caroline boone to marry him on the court floor he was his own attorney he was the worst those were all in the film too yeah his mom tried to make sure that he wouldn't get the death penalty and then something that we we're all horrified by the judge said uh i would have loved to see you serve on my court it's such a waste of of life yeah you you guys probably saw that in the movie the judge like called um ted bundy's death sentence a waste of humanity yeah and i'm like mm, maybe the waste of humanity was all the people that he killed it was kind of sick. he was like you're a fine young man he Take said care yeah of uh, he was like a bright i have bright. no animosity toward you yeah yeah <sighs> anyway so in the end he's sentenced to death three times by electrocution so he has <laughs> three death sentences and in the end he's like the jury's wrong the jury's wrong he's shouting all this stuff just um the 
third death sentence he got is the one that eventually got carried out. And in 1981, Caroline Boone gave birth to their daughter um, because there was not supposed to be a conjugal visit, but people were able to bribe the police officers. So, yeah. Before he was killed, he confessed to pretty much everything and even some murders they didn't know about. He had talked before to, like, people in the FBI behavioral analysis unit and he'd actually helped them solve crimes like the green river um killer and he told them like here's how sociopaths think and all these things mm-hmm. but um he and he talked about himself a lot he, he was saying like oh if i had a psychologist i would take the person who did these crimes talking about his own and gave them a lot of information but near the end he confessed to pretty much everything including the necrophilia which he never confessed to before and um yeah, January 24th, 1989, he was put to death by uh, the electric chair as a crowd of people stood outside and we we're very excited for his death. And that is the horrific and terrifying and very sad case of Ted Bundy. Wow. It's a lot. It really is. He's one of the most notorious serial killers for a reason. <laughs> yeah. And I... find it crazy that he like there's so much stuff that he that you don't really like think about like the things that he did that just freaked me out so much like he kept 12 heads of the victims he um after he killed um george ann hawkins he had taken off some of her items of clothes and left them in the parking lot and he went back the next day and collected those things up in the middle of the crime scene and then just left like oh, it's so like he that's was, what i was saying like how did he get away with so much you know it took them way too long to catch him and it's just like he's too charming they weren't looking in the right places like yeah. he was really just not who they were looking for yeah and the fact that he they had more than like 30 murders accredited to him and there's probably far more than that is like so sad should we start talking about the movie yeah let's talk about the let's talk about the movie a little bit okay we are now going to kind of talk about um the movie that just came out that just came out on yeah. netflix netflix has really been putting out a lot of bundy content recently with their ted bundy tapes and this movie extremely wicked shockingly evil and vile so yeah let's read the description real quick so we can kind of talk about because we've all we all saw this movie before this podcast so we're hoping you guys will too so you can understand what we're talking about and so we can all kind of discuss it here's what wikipedia <clears throat> says <laughs> Extremely <laughs> Wicked, Shockingly Evil and Vile is a 2019 American biographical crime tr- thriller film told from the point of view of a serial killer, Ted Bundy's form- former girlfriend, Elizabeth Kendall. Directed by Joe Bellinger and a screenplay from Michael <laughs> oh my God. Murray, How did you do that? is a film accent. based on Kendall's memoir, The Phantom Prince, My Life with Ted Bundy. I want that book so bad, but it's so hard to get. Okay, so I think we, we can kind of jump into <clears> it. <throat> yeah. So- I yeah <laughs> okay there's a lot to say i'll jump in okay so here's basically our levels with this film kayla and i have been really into true crime for a while so we both know kind of a lot about this case and we read or read we watched the movie with all that in mind chase never heard anything really about this case mm. and just watched the movie so we'll kind of give you the different perspectives and our problems <clears throat> with it and the things we liked about it it's just kind of interesting because or it's based off a memoir by the girlfriend liz kendall and i think that's interesting because we definitely do get her perspective you know we Mm -hmm. she wasn't there for the murders she only knew uh ted as like this great guy until like the trials came and then that's where things kind of spiraled but 
yeah there's something and about- i think that she is uh-huh. great and like i really feel for her and like totally think that it would be it is cool to like see things from her perspective but i feel like the kind of the damaging things about this film outweigh the good parts of it something that something just irks me about it because i know it's from her perspective but there's something about creating a movie based of it and really not showing the evil that is ted bundy yeah i think in the book she probably touched on the moment she realized for sure but the thing is like as a movie it's your job to kind of really show that you know yeah and something else we kind of talked about a little is they didn't talk actually about the relationship like they didn't show when he was abusive when he swore at her when she realized he was stealing things Mm -hmm. they showed none of that they only showed the good parts which can be kind of damaging yeah especially with me because i haven't seen the movie before it was mostly just the introduction which was super romantic because i think what they were trying to do so they took the memoir from the woman who saw him from the charming side right Mm -hmm. who always got his charming side mostly and I think what they were trying to do was show, like, oh, there are two sides of him. Not necessarily that he was good, but it was, like, he had a fake side and a real side. Yeah. But I think if you're going to spend so much time on the fake side of him, so the life he had with Liz and stuff, you have to spend time on the other side. Yeah, because really the only time they showed him doing anything violent was the last 10 minutes of the movie. Uh-huh. And they were doing well with that. And it's like they could have, like, if they really wanted to tell it from her perspective, you basically tell the whole story how you did similarly and then at the end show the actual murders happening like when they showed him actually dragging off um what was her name the one who got her head donna gail me yeah when they at the end of that movie when they showed the like flashback kind of of him with the sling Mm -hmm. bludgeoning like hitting her over the head and like you know grabbing the hacksaw and stuff that's the stuff we should have seen if we are going to really show how evil he was at the yeah, end. Yeah, and that, from my perspective, it made it seem like it was a one-time thing. Yeah, like, the, he defended himself the whole time. Mm-hmm. The movie had the other side, like, against him, like, oh, but here's the evidence. But the way that they set it up just always made him, like, I don't know. It, I f- did it feel like they really did the story justice? I feel like they romanticized Ted Bundy for an hour and a half, made him seem really cool, made him seem really good. And like I said, I'd been seeing things on Instagram that were kind of disturbing, like edits of Zac Efron as Ted Bundy, like Uh with hearts and things like that, where it's like, he's playing someone who ruined the lives of so many people, not just the people he murdered, but like their families. Mm -hmm. And they completely skip over almost all of that. And it's like kind of concerning that for a lot of people like who are like you, Chase, who might not like look further into the case. This is their only introduction into Ted Bundy. And it's like, you can come away with the idea that maybe he wasn't that bad or maybe he was even innocent. And that yeah. at, Zach Efron, I thought, was great in it. But I thought the last 30 minutes of the movie were pretty much the only morally bearable parts of it. Yeah. yeah. And you know? even in the last 20 minutes, it they still made him seem like the innocent guy. Like, when they were cutting back and forth between Sheldon... <laughs> and him when he was talking to the jur- juries it seemed so real when they were talking with boone they provided background but 
they still placed him in the innocent position. They didn't talk about how he cheated on Liz with Boone. And they yeah, they're just like, oh, either. they met up at the animal shelter. When I don't. He was barked at by a dog. Which I just makes up for not showing like yeah, twenty I guess murders. So. It gets a little murky because you know it's from the story is from um the fiance's perspective, but it's yeah. like it just felt wrong. Mm. The weird thing though is that I genuinely enjoyed watching the movie. Like I enjoyed watching yeah. the movie a lot. Mm-hmm. But I did catch myself a few times feeling bad for Ted Bundy. Yeah, and you shouldn't really be feeling that emotion. Yeah, no, you shouldn't. And especially Chase, like, I, I'm interested to hear on your first time, like, what's your first impression of Bundy if you just take into account how you felt after watching the movie? After Okay. The hacksaw thing is obviously for the audience to be like, oh, fuck. But throughout the whole entire movie without that part, he's the most innocent person you can tell there's something off about him but you don't really get that if you don't have any background about him so like what did you think i um i mean through watching the whole entire movie obviously he's not innocent but it makes me feel a little guilty yeah for him mm-hmm. or yeah. yeah for him yeah it, like you feel bad for him almost Uh-oh. and the thing i keep bringing this up because i know it's important it's a big criticism of the film or criticism of the criticisms where it's like, oh, but it's from her perspective. But you know they're not scared to actually show the murders. They did at the very end. So it's like, why not continue yeah, with that? Yeah, why not include them? Because that's what we want. We want to see how evil he really mm-hmm. was because that's the thing that people don't know. Yeah, and even their bigger view of how evil he was wasn't even a fraction of how evil he actually was in real life. Yeah, and it's, this is like film analysis standpoint. The story, it's just the hype that you built with the first hour of the movie does not match the ending on the brighter side the acting was amazing the acting was great zach efron killed it it's as beautifully he shot killed it. i like the last 15 minutes and it's beautifully shot yeah the lighting they really could have done <laughs> it's something amazing they really the could have story like... is just problematic in my opinion the the waste uh, Zac Efron's talents as Ted Bundy was a waste of humanity. That's all I gotta say about yeah. that. Yeah, he could have been a bright young actor. <laughs> if, I, if he did not take that path, I would have loved for him to act in front of me in was my court. Was this chip in my tooth? <laughs> was there a chip in my tooth? <laughs> Emma, Emma, Emma. Was there a chip in my tooth? <laughs> Emma. Will you marry me? <laughs> <laughs> Only if you tell me if there was a chip in my tooth in 1976. Oh, God. I really wish you guys saw the movie. I hope well, you hopefully did. It. Hopefully if people are watching this. They are listening to this. They already <laughs> watched the movie. Because if not, there's going to be lots of spoilers. Oh, yeah. Spoiler for the Yeah. Um, spoiler alert. This is a story. A quick little endgame spoiler. The story no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm the kidding. story of Ted Bundy has been out for 30 years now. It's yeah, time true, to spoil true. it. <laughs> and I, I just really hope that, um, like, people don't watch this film and take the take it as fact as realistic if you it is not a documentary that's what i would say about it yeah. it's not even the ted bundy tapes i thought were slightly questionable on how well they actually represented the victims throughout the story this is not a documentary it's not true to life i wouldn't watch it and say i know things about the bundy case because you really don't you know, know that, things yeah. about bundy know that um ted bundy was charming and that's how he got out of things he was not a family man no he was not 
like innocent he was not innocent if you saw the rest of the evidence that was collected he was guilty he did this he was a monster and there's no reason to feel bad for him yeah exactly and like it's uh in my opinion but no (laughs) well your your opinion's right (laughs) i just murdered 30 people yeah i just i can't i have you know it's just you gotta learn once you know enough about this case you you it's hard for you to watch movies like that and not criticize it for the way they told the story Mm -hmm. because i know it's a creative choice for them to take it from that perspective but it's really like it's hard to watch it yeah it's It's hard to watch it knowing like it's just disrespectful it was interesting to watch but if you take a step back and look at the film as a whole the victims deserve more than the black screen in the credits Mm. yeah so chase any other thoughts um fuck you bro yeah, fuck Ted Bundy. Fuck not, that guy. Not a good guy. Don't like that guy. He, but okay. Uh, he manip he manipulated so. But many you know what? People. It's he's. But we're happy with how he died. Yes. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah. You know he got what he deserved. Yeah. And, uh, well, he honestly no, he probably deserved, deserved worse. worse. That's a. But like, I th- I'm glad he didn't get off. You know. Yeah. So that's that's the thoughts and opinions of a bunch of people who are around the age range of his victims and are pretty somewhat new some some are more like no more but just about ted bundy and all this hype surrounding him and uh, everything right now so i figured i see this in a lot of true crime podcasts that before they leave they kind of talk about we didn't do this in the first episode but we'll we'll do it now maybe we'll add it on to the first episode but just one good thing that happened in your week just like one good okay. thing that happened to you, like something that you're happy about or something cool that's going on in your life. I don't know what we're gonna call this yet, but for right now, um, we'll call happy it time. Happy time. Wait, wait. I we was can thinking. Call it, uh, wait, wait. Happy things, not terrible things. Oh, horrible oh. things, and then happy things. Happy. Yeah, things. happy things. Okay, happy things. So give <laughs> give us your happy things. We'll start you, with Chase. Um, actually, Caitlin, go first. Caitlin, you go first. Um. I found out a few days ago that I got into my dream film school, Dodge uh, Chapman University Dodge College. So that's pretty Woo! cool for yeah. television Critical. writing. So as you can see, I'm qualifying to criticize these professional films. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's really cool. They have a really small acceptance rate. And I'm going to be going there with Emma. Yay! So Emma's in there for journalism. Broadcast journalism. I got um, fucked by Chapman. Huh? I got Chase by was done dirty by Chapman, yeah. but the acceptance rate is really low, and they did lose a lot of talent as they're, you know. Yeah. But Chase, what's something good that happened in your week? Hmm. I'm trying to think of something that's not with Sydney because that's why like the only it can good. be with Sydney. <laughs> I I, 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 I pulled an all nighter and finished a film I've been working on for like a couple weeks. Ooh, what's the film about? It is about how video games kind of shaped my life, and then I met three people online and the most recent not serial killers yes, they weren't serial killers thankfully actually i'm a serial killer and i went to visit <laughs> <I'm dead> right <laughs> now oh my God. um yeah i i go i met and visited them in real life and when we went to seattle and Portland, oh, seattle oh uh, oh i went to washington and yeah. uh, well i'm glad you went before we talked about this <laughs> yeah um oh yeah that was just creepy 
um yeah so i got to meet my gamer bros in real life and that was a really cool experience cool. yay and i saw his film guys it was really good I'm like amazing to see his film emma will see i'm excited too. and i want to see it emma immediately what good has happened in your week what good has happened in my week let's see honestly a lot of things so i'm really <laughs> happy because i'm prepping to do this uh like triathlon thing uh, a mini triathlon so it's like a 5k run 10 mile bike and then uh 175 yard swim and i was really like not thinking that i'd be able to do it but then i kind of just like signed up for it and i'm really excited to like actually do something i guess there's something like nice about knowing that you could accomplish things and uh if you the other, your mind to it yeah and the other really exciting thing is that i've been wanting to start this podcast for like months yeah and we actually are recording it what? and it makes me so happy Yay. that like my this like brainchild is actually like coming true and, and we finally it, have the tools to do it and it was so fun yeah. yeah and it was so i was honestly so worried about it before <laughs> i was like this is gonna go terribly we talked like, way too much my friend <laughs> <laughs> my we had friend that we had a last sick. minute change in casting which is it no problem at all it's just, like i understand when people have conflicts but it casting <laughs> like i select you guys were not actually friends you auditioned for the role of caitlin <laughs> <laughs> caitlin as caitlin wait but i auditioned for the role as host so who's controlling this podcast <laughs> who's it's big brother who's the master my big do brother? i have a chip in my tooth <laughs> do i have a chip in my brain <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i'm just really happy that this thing is working out and uh i think that we're all like it's it's gone really well and i'm looking forward to actually putting this out on on the airwaves so i'm i'm excited anyways i'll just <laughs> i'll just try to say what so it's been a really heavy episode and it's been hard to talk about. Oh, but you should know what you were signing up for when you watched a podcast called Horrible Things. Yeah, we so. weren't joking about the title. I mean, it's like kind of a meme joke because like literally a podcast called Horrible Things. <laughs> but it's like very, very true. But Heavy it's things. important to talk about these things. Good to know. Good to it's know. It's important to talk don't about. Don't go with police officers who don't have. Don't go right into a Volkswagen gear. Beetle. Ask if a to see the badge and call and get their badge number and send it to your friend. Always be prepared to catch a crowbar when you need to. Yeah. Yes. Be a badass like Carol. Be a badass. And jump out of Is a that your new catchphrase? Be a badass. Be a badass. Be and, Carol. Uh, we hope that you guys will come back. Listen to next week's episode. This has been the Horrible Things Podcast. Please follow us on Instagram at Horrible Things Podcast. Leave a review. Rate this podcast. If you can, tell all your friends about these horrible things. And always remember... Catch those crowbars. Don't trust a policeman when they tell you to get into their golden <laughs> Volkswagen Beetle. And most of all, don't do horrible things. Thank you guys so much. And goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye.